Blessings to Israel presents Discerning the Times, a program committed to encouraging you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Now, in honor of the one and only true God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, please join us for today's program. Welcome to the program. It is always a joy and honor and a privilege to join you each week. I want to thank you for tuning in. Well, today we are covering one of the subjects that I, along with my guest today, are very passionate about, and that subject is Bible prophecy. We're going to talk today specifically on the topic of why study Bible prophecy. Why is this so important? So I have joining me once again today our frequent guest, Dr. Bruce Logan, who is the founder of Dr. Bruce Logan Ministries. Dr. Logan, thanks again for coming on to speak with us today on the topic of Bible prophecy. Well, thank you for having me. And, and as I always say, it's, it's a tremendous honor and a privilege to be able to share with your listeners. Amen. It is definitely a blessing and an honor to always have you with us. And again, as I said, the, the subject of Bible prophecy is a topic that is often marginalized, is often ignored by many. And so where I want to begin today, though, is I was listening to a sermon over the weekend from Dr. Michael Youssef, and he was speaking about the present crisis that we have in our nation. And he was not speaking specifically about Bible prophecy, but he was speaking of how God instructed him early in his ministry to not water down God's word. So I want to play this to sort of set us set us up for what we're going to discuss concerning Bible prophecy. When I was a young pastor at this church, the Church of the Apostles was very small in number many years ago here in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm saying that because there's some people, millions are watching around the world. This church was a tiny group of people meeting. We had a visit from a pastor of a mega church in America, and he sat in the back. He's not in this building, of course. And he sat in the back and he heard me preach. And afterward, he thought he really wants to help me. I mean, this poor immigrant boy, he just needed help. And he really tried to help me as far as he was concerned. And he said, Michael, your church will never grow if you keep on preaching sermons like the one I heard today. He said, this, quote now, this in-your-face preaching will not build you a great church. Your message needs to be more positive and inviting. It needs to make people feel good about coming back. I always tell you the truth. For a time, I thought about what he said. I reflected. I considered what he said. Our church was small in comparison to his large church that was thriving. And I wondered. For a short period of time, I really wondered. To my shame, if I may not just begin to soften and soft pedal the message a little bit. See, we preachers know how to do that. Trust me, we know how to do that. Should I soften the edges, the rugged edges of the gospel? And then I heard God audibly. Say to me, Michael, I did not save your life from certain death, certain death, more than once, so that you 
Come water down my word. Michael, I would rather you reach heaven with a handful of people who were saved through the uncompromised preaching of my gospel than have you entertained tens of thousands of people who will curse you from hell because you compromised my truth. I thought those words were so emphatic. And Dr. Logan, why is it so important when it comes to this topic of Bible prophecy that we not water it down by skipping over it? Well, first of all, that was a tremendous testimony by Dr. Yusuf, and it reflects actually the majority, and sadly so, by the way, it reflects the majority of the sermons that you hear across the majority of our pulpits in America today. And there's such a a blowback because one of the things that we'll talk about later, I would imagine, is the fact that there is such a tremendous lack of discernment among believers about regarding the times that we are living in, and which brings us back to our topic for today, because um, the study of Bible prophecy, when it is ignored, is you're automatically watering down the gospel. So we're, I mean, we're talking today about why it is important to study Bible prophecy, and I can't think of a better lead-in than that uh, testimony by Dr. Yusuf. You know, one of the things that, you know, I always like to mention on this particular topic is just how profound and how consistent prophecy runs throughout the Word of God, just in general. Just to give you some examples, nearly, and this is some facts that most people aren't aware of, and sadly, even most uh, pastors aren't aware of these statistics, but nearly one-third or around between 28 to 31% of the Bible is consists of prophecy. And uh, the Apostle Paul, is, as, a, uh, as a matter of fact, made this quote. He said, do not despise prophecies. And then he went on to say that all scripture is given by the inspiration of God. So when you dismiss prophecy, you're actually dismissing over a third of the gospel. And I'll never forget, and I've told this story many times, that when I was a young Christian, I was warned, you know, by a pastor to whatever you do, stay away from the book of Revelation, stay away from Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> and I went home that night, that very night, and I just, I wonder why they said that. I mean, I was just curious. I'm a new Christian. I didn't know any better. I just wanted to get into God's word. And I started reading the book of Revelation, and I, will, I only made it for three verses. And, and verse three said, blessed are those that read and those that understand. Well, now here's a pastor who's been pastoring and been in the church his entire life, warning me to stay away from the book of Revelation. And, and I didn't get past the third verse where Jesus was telling me that I'll be blessed if I read it. So automatically, you know, that, that, uh, you know, I was confused as a young Christian. And so I, I, uh, began earnest study of the book of Revelation and the book of Daniel. And that's basically the genesis of my, you know, ministry is uh, because I began to study prophecy. But the fact of the matter is there's such an enormous amount of information in God's word that are prophecy related. Just to give you some more examples, 
63 times. Now, now, I want your listeners to just kind of process this. 63 times in the Bible, the Lord is quoted as using the phrase, it shall come to pass. In other words, he was predicting ahead of time something he was going to eventually do in the future. And then another statistic is that 116 times in the Bible, the Lord is quoting uh, or is quoted to say in that day, meaning in some future day, which is another prophetic reference. Mm -hmm. 2,304 times in the Bible, the Lord begins an action phrase with the words, I will, I will do this, I will do that. In other words, something that he will do in the future, uh, which is, again, a a prophetic uh, reference. And then just to add a few more, one out of every 30 verses contain prophecy. I mean, that's literally one out of every 30 verses in the entire Bible. So just think about that. They contain prophecy. And then also in the New Testament, there are 27 books in the New Testament. 23 of the 27 books in the New Testament mention or refer to or allude to the return of Jesus Christ. So, I mean, that just those statistics alone should let us know that the importance of studying prophecy is imperative as the, to be really true uh, biblical disciples of Jesus Christ. Wow. Yeah, that's that's some amazing numbers. And it definitely lets us know that when you skip Bible prophecy, you are certainly watering down the word because you're skipping a huge chunk uh, of God's word. And, and one of the things I think that a lot of, of, of Christians and a lot of pastors, they don't want to talk about prophecy because not all of it is feel good. We have to admit that, that there are some some aspects of it, especially when you're in Revelation and you're talking about the judgments that, um, you know, it, it can rattle you if you don't really understand it in its proper context. And so they, exactly. they feel as though it's something that, again, is not going to grow the church. And so I, I want to share also some more words from Dr. Youssef, where he speaks on the fact that there is a price to be paid for speaking the full counsel of God's word. Please understand there's a price to be paid for proclaiming God's uncompromised truth. I'm not going to mislead you. There's a price. Oh, but the reward is unspeakable. So, Dr. Logan, you know, it, it again, I think this hits home because, yes, there is a price to be paid for speaking truth. There are some that are not going to like it. But the reward, I mean, not only in this life, but even in the life to come, the eternal reward is what we really should have ourselves focus on because God calls us to to speak the full counsel of his word. Right. Exactly. Um, The fact that we are not as a believer, our mindset should be not according to um, our expectations in this particular life. But every believer, our ultimate goal should be to hear the Lord say, well done, thou good and faithful servant, Mm -hmm. to be able to get our rewards in heaven, um, lay up treasures in heaven. And if you notice, the majority of the preaching today centers around being rewarded here on earth, Mm -hmm. being blessed here on earth. uh, being living the abundant life here on earth, living the best life now here on earth, which is contrary to the gospel that Jesus actually preached because the emphasis that Jesus preached 
was so so that we could uh, if I could use the term live the best life in eternity. Right. And that's the, the mindset. But but again, Jesus himself, when he was here on earth, um, he placed himself such a tremendous amount of emphasis on prophecy himself. And here's, here's you know, I was given some statistics earlier, and there's a couple more that I, I just wanted to throw out. Um, the fact of the matter is that there, just in, uh, at the time in Jesus' ministry, as he was being introduced by John the Baptist, there was a tremendous amount of uh, expectation, or because people understood prophecy. If you if your readers would look at Luke three and fifteen, it says, "Now the people were in expectation, and all reasoned in their hearts about John whether or not he was the Christ or not." So they came to John, wondering if he was the Messiah that was prophesied by the prophets of old, uh, but they had the wrong person, but they but they were discerning. But on another occasion, that uh, it was interesting because the, the, the re- so-called relig- religious leaders, the scribes and the Pharisees, came to Jesus and was asking him a sign, and they, he basically rebuked them and, uh, and uh, told them that, you understand the t- uh, times when it's good to plant, you know, when you when it's good to to uh, to sow, and when it's good to reap, or when it's time to uh, p- uh, pick up and uh, grow. And but you don't, but you're not able to discern the signs of the times. Mm-hmm. And now it's it's amazing because those who are supposed to be able to discern had the right person standing right in front of them who the prophets of old have predicted, but they were not able to discern that he was the one. But the average citizen who came to John the Baptist to be baptized, they didn't have the right person, but they knew because of the signs of the times that they were living in a, in the, in a time that the Messiah should be coming. And I just thought that was an interesting note that I'm, I like to talk about whenever I'm on this subject. But again, and another thing that's important that really jumps out at me on this subject is the fact that the last message that Jesus preached prior to the uh, to his crucifixion was the Sermon on the Mount. I mean, I'm sorry, was the uh, Olivet Discourse, the Olivet Discourse, where basically uh, Matthew chapter 24 and Matthew chapter 25 was all about Bible prophecy. Mm-hmm. But then after that, the very first message after the uh, after he was resurrected was also on prophecy that's it's recorded in Luke chapter 24 verses 44 through 48 and basically Jesus uh, uh, had a Bible study with his disciples and he went through the entire Old Testament and the Bible says everything in the law of Moses the prophets and the Psalms concerning him he began began to instruct them on so he just walked him through the Old Testament pointing out all the different prophecies concerning himself. And and then on the day of his ascension back into heaven, there was uh, an angel standing by as the disciples was looking up as he was ascending up into heaven. And they said, you men of Galilee, why are you standing here uh, standing up, staring up into heaven? Someday this same Jesus that you see going up into heaven will come back in like manner. So as he was going up into heaven, there was still a prophecy about his second coming uh, that was given to the disciples. So all throughout the scriptures, there are prophecies 
in terms of uh, things that God will do in the future. And when we dismiss, when we water down the gospel by ignoring prophecy and making everything about, you know, have, living a good life now, then we're basically <clears throat> are producing watered down Christians, first of all, and we're in danger of missing out on rewards that God could have for us in heaven. And folks, you know, if our Lord Jesus Christ, if he emphasized it, we should emphasize it as well. So the question we have today is why study Bible prophecy? Well, again, our Lord Jesus spoke about it. So we should speak about it. We should study it and we should embrace it because there are great eternal rewards that are coming. We are going to pause for a brief announcement, but please don't go away. On the other side, we're going to come back with more with my guest, Dr. Bruce Logan, concerning the question, why study Bible prophecy? You are tuned into Discerning the Times. If you believe in what we stand for, would you consider partnering with us? Our partners program is based on Genesis 12.3. I will bless those who bless you. For a recurring donation of $12.03 per month, you can help us share the message of Discerning the Times as we await our Lord's return to Israel. For more information, please visit our website, BlessingsToIsrael.com, or write to us at Blessings to Israel, PO Box 266, Nightdale, North Carolina, 27545. Now, let's return to the conclusion of today's program. Welcome back to the program. Being joined today by special guest, Dr. Bruce Logan, to discuss the topic of why study Bible prophecy. And before the break, we were talking about the fact that we are not to water down the gospel. We are to give the full counsel because our Lord Jesus emphasized Bible prophecy. And it's not about living our best life now, but it is about eternal because Jesus preached to be prepared to suffer in this life. But it's something that a lot of people do not like to hear now. And so oftentimes a lot of pastors, preachers, they ignore that aspect of the suffering that comes along with being a follower of Christ. But Jesus said, if you want to be a part of him, you have to what? Die to yourself, deny yourself, take up the cross and follow him. That is the truth of his word. But many times people do not like to hear the truth. But I want to share um, again from Dr. Michael Youssef, and he's speaking on this very topic of the importance of telling the truth. And we must proclaim it. And we proclaim it lovingly and humbly. And because we love, we'll always tell the truth. Love compels us to tell the truth, not pander to them, not lie to them, just as it makes them like us. We will not play political games but we will tell them the truth. And that's because we love them, genuinely love them. And we have nothing in our hearts toward them other than they come to the love of Christ and understand what it means to be redeemed and the sins are forgiven. So, Doc, what is your response to the fact that it is love? It is the love that we have for, for others that compels us to tell the truth. Well, that is another uh, very profound um, statement by Dr. Yusuf, and that basically summarizes why it is so important that we do tell the truth, because I honestly believe that if we don't tell the truth, 
then how can you actually say you love somebody if you don't tell them the truth? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, we, I mean, look at that from a, uh, the standpoint of just our interpersonal relationships. How can we say uh, we love our spouse or we love our children if we constantly lie to them or we constantly just tell them, you know, what they want to hear to make them feel good? I mean, how good of a parent would you be if all you did was tell your children good things and didn't warn them to not play in the middle of the street or not touch a hot stove or, you know, be respectful to teachers, you know, and so on and so forth. I mean, how, how can you say you love them? Um, and I, I remember in a, a case of, of a parent, you know, growing up where, where the, everybody that knew this little boy knew that he was really, really, really bad. I mean, he was not, it was not a good kid. Let me just say it like that. And so the teacher would complain to the parent, but the parent would go and jump the teacher and blame the teacher. My, not my sonny, not my little boy. He would never do such a thing. And everybody knew that he was just, <laughs> he was just, he was totally opposite. So the, by the mom not recognizing, not, you know, telling him the truth about himself, not disciplining him, he, she was not showing love to him, even though that's in her mind, that's what she thought. But likewise, you know, when we don't tell the truth as of the gospel, as ministers of the gospel, you cannot say that you love your congregation if you constantly give them watered down, sugar coated uh, 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 messages that have no substance, no meat, no nutrition, no heavenly value, uh, you know, no renewing of our minds. And it, all it does is give us a, a jolt of a good feeling. We're, we're not, we're not producing uh, good disciples of Jesus Christ. And so we can't say that we love or that we have love that when, when we're doing that. And then on top of that, I believe that we're going to be judged for that when we stand before the judgment. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that I think that, you know, should uh, prompt us to want to tell the truth, just that fact alone. Yeah, absolutely. Because as you said, standing before the judgment, we're all going to be judged. Uh, for those of us who are believers in Jesus Christ, we won't be judged for for salvation. We do have that already. But to your point, there are going to be some things that the Bible says that they will be tested in the fire. And for the things that are worthless, they will be burned up. And so there will be no reward for that. And that's what Bible prophecy tells us. It speaks of the, the future judgment. It speaks of the future rewards. It speaks of the future great white throne judgment where all the non-believers are going to be judged and then sentenced into the lake of fire. And so, again, it's so important that, uh, you know, we, we tell the full counsel, the full truth of, of God's word. So we have about two minutes left. So so let's wrap things up for today. And, and I, I think that when we look at Bible prophecy, again, it, it speaks to the full counsel of God's word. And another aspect that I think a lot of people don't really think about is that it is a great tool for evangelism. A hundred percent. I believe that the Bible prophecy is an awesome tool for evangelism, especially when you consider um, the day and time that we're living in. I mean, what better time to be able to use prophecy as a tool for evangelism than the time that we are living in now? We're literally living in a time where, uh, where, 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 where people are losing their minds because they, the right to kill their babies was taken away 
So they, you know, or, or, or reversed by the Supreme Court and people are losing their minds because of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, what better, a time, what better time where people are, are uh, we can't even talk, uh, use gender language. We can't say in certain environments, you're not allowed to say male or female. Uh, what better time to uh, teach Bible prophecy as a tool of an evangelism than we have right now when we have the spirit of antichrist that's trying to push a globalist agenda mm-hmm. which is uh which being which is being spearheaded by a literal demonic spirit of antichrist a globalist agenda is happening right in front of us so what better a time to point these things out as uh from a prophetic standpoint as a tool for evangelism, because all of these things point to the soon return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And so I can't think of a better time and a better tool uh, than to study and to teach and preach Bible prophecy. And and just this one last uh, point uh, that I will want to make, I was just reading uh, recently, you know, with John the Baptist, uh, uh, his sermons when he was drawing people to be baptized. And basically he was saying, repent. Mm-hmm. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mm-hmm. And what better message and what better time to preach that than right now? Amen. Amen. That's that's an awesome point to end on, because as you we've been talking about Bible prophecy, it, it speaks about pestilences. We've just had this covid pandemic that we're coming out of. It speaks of inflation. Everybody knows right now how much gas and food is costing. Uh, It speaks of the one world government, as you were talking about, that's going to be headed by Antichrist. And we've seen a lot of measures, things happening right before our eyes that are leading and pointing toward that happening. So, folks, Bible prophecy is so important. It helps us to discern the times that we're living in. But we're not done on this topic. We're going to have Dr. Logan back again next week to continue to talk more about the importance of Bible prophecy. So, Dr. Logan, for those who would like to get in contact with you to follow your ministry, how can they do so? Yes, thank you. Um, they can reach me on my website at BruceLoganMinistries.com. Uh, and they can also follow me on my Facebook page at, at DBL Ministries. Or they can follow me uh, on Twitter at drbrucelogan1, or you can email me at br2logan at aol.com. You can also check uh, my YouTube channel out that I'm uh, newly developing, uh, where I'm doing Bible studies. I'm doing a study right now on the book of Daniel, in fact, uh, on my YouTube. So you can uh, just Google Bruce Logan Ministries YouTube channel, and you should, and I should pop right up. And uh, so, any one of those ways that you subscribe to my YouTube channel, every time I uh, release a new episode, um, you'll be able to get a notification. All right. Well, again, Doc, it's always a blessing to have you. Thank you so much for coming on to join us once again this week. And you'll be back with us again next week. Thank you. God bless you. It's an honor and a privilege. And to our listeners, thank you for tuning in. Please come back again and join us next time as we continue to encourage you to discern the times by viewing life through the window of the Bible. Until then, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Bless God's great nation of Israel. And to the only wise God, be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. 
Thank you for tuning in to Discerning the Times. Please come back and join us next week as we continue to encourage you to view current events through the lens of the Bible. Until next time, remember to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, bless God's great nation of Israel, and seek first the kingdom of God. Discerning the Times is presented by Blessings to Israel.